0: You're listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast championing independence powered by the famous company. Whether you're an artist or music industry professional, ensure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Okay, rock and roll, here we go. Here it is. So how are
0: you doing anyway today?
1: It's Friday. I'm feeling good. Yeah, you're looking good. Thank you, sir. I like the hat. It is my trademark. It's my United States Marine Corps utility cap.
0: Nice, okay, we're learning a little bit more about you already. Cool, cool. So first of all, let us know who you are and what you do.
1: Sure, I'm Andy Gessner. I am the owner and president of Hip Video Promo. After 20 years of being a creative and a musician myself, at the age of 39, I figured it was either I reinvent myself or go sell appliances at Best Buy.
0: Yeah, fair. <laughs> nice, cool. Uh, what, what what year was this? The year 2000. Nice, okay. So this is the company, uh, immediate, it's been going for 20 years now? In uh, fact,
1: on October twenty-sixth, we celebrated our 20th birthday.
0: Nice, well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. No, brilliant. Um, I know some people don't really want to come on here and name drop, and I totally understand that. It's not the most humble thing to do. It's not the most modest thing to do. But if, if anybody stumbles across your website, they would see the plethora of incredible artists. You've worked with um, Maroon 5, Sia, for eight Seconds to Mars, Elvis Costello, which I saw was down as one of your favorite artists, anyway. So well done for that, um, Fat Boy Slim. You've worked alongside big companies like MTV, VH1, BET. This is this is unbelievable. You are the man. So so, why video promotion? How how did how did this all come about?
1: Well, in the year 2000, there was this new thing happening called the World Wide Web.
0: I think I've heard of Can you
1: imagine, ladies and gentlemen, it was just two decades ago that we had this newfangled internet coming into its own?
0: I know. changed world.
1: Unbelievable. So, at the time, if you wanted to watch a visual on your computer, you were what we call here in America SOL. Which stands for shit out of luck.
0: <laughs> nice. So you, you you worked on that, basically.
1: <laughs> well, I was given a tip from someone I trust, a dear friend from back in the day. He said, Andy, not for nothing, this new thing, the World Wide Web, I can assure you that it will only be a matter of time before the entire human family will be able to watch music videos on their computer. And of course at the time we were just thinking about watching videos on the computer. We weren't even thinking the uh, laptop or the phone or the iPad or uh, anything else. So I figured, okay, let me get in when the getting is good. And, of course, it was tough going in the beginning because it's the catch-22. How do you work with great artists if you've got none on your resume? Mm -hmm. But if you have none on your resume, how do you get great artists? So, thankfully, at the time, I was the um, uh, guy in New Jersey putting together rock shows and musical collectives. We had something called artist amplification. I was such an idealist. I figured, okay, We'll get the whole scene together and we'll work as one. But let's face it, this music industry is a very difficult business to be in. And certainly it is a competition. So, as a lot of the artists I was championing at the time were getting signed to Lava or Electra or Epic or Atlantic. Uh, This was 20 years ago when things like this actually happened. Mm. Uh, I came to realize that, okay, I need to latch onto something where I can be not dependent on someone else. So Hip Video Promo was born. Thankfully, one of the bands I was booking, the lead singer, was the assistant video person at Virgin. So she gave me a project and she said, you're going to have a tough one with this, Andy, because we all know when an actor fronts a rock band, it does not end well. And sure enough, first 30 seconds to Mars video, it comes my way. And of course I went to the Mercury lounge to see them perform in New York. And I hung out with Jared. Jared was very, anxious because he too felt like no one would take him seriously Mm. because he was known as an actor. So I did see them perform. And then after the show, he's like, you got to come to Philadelphia and see us play at the Kyber pass. And if you guys want to look up the Kyber pass, it is literally just a shot and beer joint, a hole in the wall on South street in Philadelphia. But I tell every single up and coming new creative y'all, Got to start somewhere. 80% of any challenging task is just getting started. So mm-hmm. being in on the ground floor with 30 Seconds to Mars was a great pleasure. But it wasn't until 2003 that we really hit pay dirt because it was Lost Highway Calling. And they too had a video they weren't quite sure about. It was the Johnny Cash Hurt video. Yes, yes which ended up being our game changer in that they were concerned because Johnny didn't look too well in the video. And not only that, it was a nine inch nails song. So once we had promoted the Johnny cash hurt video, then I could go back to sub pop and sub pop was like, okay, well, if the guy promoted the Johnny cash video, let's give him a shot. So we were right there for the shins and the postal service and Iron and Wine, and Flight of the Concords, and Blitz and Trapper, and Fleet Foxes, all the great Sub Pop stuff. So then, when Josh at Bar Souk saw that Sub Pop had hired us, he said, All right, well, let me call this guy, see if he can do anything with Death Cab for Cutie. Before we were we going
0: to uh, death cab. Do you want to explain to these people what 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 sub pop would have been or, or or what it was and and kind of the the, the other labels that you were and, and other people that you were capturing the attention of?
1: Right. Well, they were all independent labels that had great musical fare, and of course, at the time, the major labels still ruled the roost. Hmm. So, certainly, death cab for cutie, the new year, transatlanticism, the sound of settling. they were indie darlings.
0: they're like they're the and, ones that I like to refer to as the uh, the OC kind of bands if, if you get that reference
1: uh, I might be too old for that.
0: They're like like the um, you ever watch Buffy um, or people who have ever watched those kind of shows where you have like bands in like a bar and they'll kind of cut to them a little bit but then they're, they're not like a focal point whatsoever um, they were that culture and they could be drawn in and it was great for the show and it was great for the band at the same time. Um, so yeah, if anybody gets Buffy or the OC reference here, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Certainly. So at that point with such great fare, it was time to go to all the other great labels. And we were right there when Fueled by Ramen started. They had a 17 year old, uh, Haley from Paramore. I remember interviewing her in Baltimore when she was only 17. And certainly we didn't know at the time that they'd become an international phenomenon. But the same thing happened with Maroon 5 when Octone came to us. They're like, we got this new band Maroon 5. So definitely being a top shelf world-class cherry picker, uh, I have said no to probably tens of thousands of videos uh, along with the over 3,600 that we've promoted. So that was a magical time because you had all the pop punk just raging out of control. So we were working with Drive Through and we were working with Doghouse and we were fully ensconced right there with all of that. That's about the time Astroworks came on board and that brought us the Fat Boy Slim and the Sia and the B 52s and just so much great music and Mute then came on board. And of course we were there doing the electronic dance music before there was even an acronym known as EDM. So that was your Goldfrapp and your Richard Hawley and all that great stuff. But it was still pretty much television. At that point with the World Wide Web and the uh, YouTube, it became clear that the traditional publicist The traditional publicist was gonna get a rude awakening in that everything now needed to have a visual. Problem with the traditional publicists is they don't have the intestinal fortitude to deal with visuals because it is a mind-numbing, labor-intensive situation. Whereas you get the visual, you have to do a quality control check. It's like the car dealership, the $165 quality control check. Uh, you then also have to close caption the video, which is super important because television won't program a video if it's not closed captioned.
0: And I assume they won't also host the video if there's anything, uh, let's say a bit racy to it or um, the lyrics have anything kind of, I really forget the word here. I don't want to kind of be, too politically correct, but let's say there's this stuff on there that they don't want to promote either or have represented them. So you guys had to kind of fine comb a lot.
1: Sure, it's the uh standards and practices department. They will mm. look at a video before it goes to air, and if there's any buttocks shaking or Mary Jane smoking or naughty words, yes, we have to make all those edits before yeah. it get Of course.
0: So So, when you, yeah, sorry, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say, so at that point, now that we had the online publicity in tandem with the television programming, uh, it really was a magical time. And this was before social media. So it really was about getting the word out about your clients. And even then having a terrific visual is certainly the best way to brand an artist, because as you well know, people don't listen. They don't pick up magazines and read about music anymore. Uh, Dare I say, nobody listens to the radio anymore. Everything has migrated online. So uh, we really just, since we started in the year 2000, every day we're looking for new exposure opportunities out there for outstanding music videos,
0: no, amazing. We'll touch upon uh, kind of the the change in in a second. I I just kind of want to know. Let's let's take like the era of the Paramore and the Maroon Five. This kind of MySpace era, let's say we we call it, and you call, talked about Drive for Records as well. These kind of um, times, did you start to feel like you would be shifted video? more online at then? At what point were you thinking, okay, this thing's going to push us? Because up until that point, people are still listening to radio. People are still putting on your MTVs, your your, your VH1s. Um, do you think that was a massive turning point for you? Or are we still waiting for a couple of years down the line?
1: No. Uh, what we were finding is that with our up-and-coming clients. If we could, because we started building solid relationships with all the decision makers and gatekeepers at the music sites. And it became very clear it's like, show me who you walk with, and I'll show you who you are. So if we got an up and coming client on Stereo Gum, that's a big deal. Stereo Gum is about the most curated online platform out there. Or if we got a video on Pitchfork, That's a big deal, yo. I mean, they are so selective. In other words, you have to be a certain ilk to get placed on these sites. But we all know, we have all found our favorite sites to discover new music. So by making friendships with these online websites and blogs, and by proving to them that we weren't no shit merchants, I am, I tell clients every day, it's like, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression in their sport. And I would rather tell a potential client that their video is not a good good first impression than fib to them and tell them it is.
0: Of course. So what do you say, say for the, the, the listener right now that they're about to work on a brand new music video, new single, big push. And uh, a lot of the things that we see these days as well with, with a lot of 2020 artists is um, they don't look to album releases that as much. They don't look to even EP releases as much. It's single after single, which will involve a video. What do you think a few of the key things is that they should implement to make sure that not only it catches your attention, as a a video plugger but it also captures the attention of the people that will see thousands of videos every single month
1: absolutely well a lot of clients will because they're naive they'll make all the freshman mistakes they make mistakes and they don't know better so Mm In a world where the attention span of the normal human has pretty much decreased to seven seconds, clients would send us videos with a long convoluted opening. Like they're setting up the music video. No good. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. You got to get right to the music, my friends.
0: Mm. I know a lot of big, big artists used to do that. Um, Actually, we were talking about 30 Seconds to Mars. I believe they did a a music video that was uh, uh, a big haunted kind of mansion. I think it was called um, The Kill. Uh, And it had like a huge, long intro that certain stations here in the UK, when it first came out, were playing it. Um, And then they must have spoken to someone like yourself or a company like yourself and said, we need an edit here because they they no longer play that full version. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to 1975 when the record label told Queen, no way, no how, we're not releasing this song. (laughs) Nobody is going to hang out for a six-minute ode like this. And Queen stuck to their guns. They said, all right, well, either you uh, release the song as is, no edits, or we don't release it, (laughs) So yeah, sometimes you just have to go with your gut. In fact, it was this month in 2011, I get a call from the Lumineers team and they're like, we're kind of concerned because this video was very low budget and the song is kind of a bit, I'm trying to be kind here.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. You go go with whatever whatever comes to mind. I can cut this.
1: <laughs> no, no, we all remember where we were in the summer of 2012. Bom 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 bom. Bom 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 bom. And we're like, "What is this?" I remember going to MTV. They were like, "Dude, folk americana. We need a folk americana band like we need a hole in the head." So, we met up with them at South by in March of 2012. And the buzz was swelling, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the perfect example of you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. That whole, hey video was no big budget, highly produced kind of scenario. It was just them getting together with some friends and shooting a video. So the lesson learned here is that no, you don't have to spend lots and lots of money to make a great video. First, you have to have a good song, then you have to have a good vision. You have to make sure that the video director doesn't become a tyrannical dictator because it's your soul that's gonna be put on this visual. I mean, let's face it, you don't really wanna leave it to someone who's gonna call it in or be tough to get in touch with because the video's not done yet. So the real important decisions up front are who are you going to trust to shoot this video? What are their references? You know, back in the day when I was playing rock and roll, we didn't have the internet to go and check out people. So, you know, doing due diligence and getting referrals is important because you could, and I've seen this happen, you could spend two, three months on a video and then it ends up being a dud and now you're really SOL.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. So going on from, uh, let's say, the, the year 2011, we have, um, YouTube's come a long way. Um, Facebook is is kind of making its way up there. We're talking about you're still probably hitting the video promotion hard. However, I assume by this point, people have a few on-demand services. People are now watching music videos in a different way. Um, Where did you guys go from there?
1: Okay, so in 2012, if you listen closely to your clients, I am the one man sales crew here. As the owner, person in charge, president of Hip Video Promo, I tell you right now, I would never purchase a service and or goods unless I know who the head honcho is. Who's in charge here? I got an issue. So my thought was from day one is like, okay, I am going to be the person that every single client talks to because as we well know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of these promotion companies out there, not only do you not speak to the person in charge, you don't speak to anyone.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So by listening to the clients in 2012, it was all about Andy. We need help with this social media stuff. We need help. We don't know. We're confused. What to do? So I went to my team. I said, okay, everybody's asking about social media. We got to figure it out. And we did. Then in 2016, because I talked to everyone, uh, everybody's asked, like, how do we make an impact on Spotify? Spotify. I don't know. And all of a sudden, everybody's saying it's like a broken record. It's like, Andy, how can you help us with Spotify? So I went to the team, I said, everyone's asking for Spotify, let's figure it out. And we did. Now, recently, these YouTube playlists, these curators, they're kind of like the Spotify people, very jaded, cynical, seen it all, heard it all, arms crossed, ah, you're not gonna impress me. Anyway, the point is, is that, just like Spotify, and just like the video people, you cannot send them crap, ass yes, crap, crap. Because if you do that, they're not gonna respect you in the morning.
0: No, for sure. But you have
1: to hold out for the good stuff. So, same thing with the YouTube playlist curators. You got a great video, we will pitch it to them. And what's cool about the YouTube playlist curators is that if your video lands on a YouTube playlist, bada boom, bada bing, man, that is genuine, authentic views because you're part of a bigger, bigger playlist.
0: Yeah. For some people that might be a little bit confused, then these, these playlists, uh, are you talking about official uh, playlists on there? Uh, What kind
1: of thing are your clients looking for here? No, just like Spotify, there are hundreds of thousands of YouTube playlists on YouTube. Hmm.
0: And, and of course, you've got the connections with these people, and you're the one that, of yes. course, is, is, is throwing it straight to them. Uh, I'm assuming they're genre-specific, vibe-specific. Um, so a lot of the clients, are they saying, look, I want to be on this one, or are you sending it to a general person who goes, this will work for this, this will work for that?
1: It depends. For instance, if we're landing curated YouTube playlists for Justina Valentine, they're not going to be a heavy metal playlist. No, of course. Uh, we're obviously going after playlists that make sense, but these curated YouTube playlisters, it's as if they're making a, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you a story. Back in the eighties, I would make 90 minute, Cassette compilation tapes for the girls I was trying to get with, you know. Says, so "Here's of, a
0: Andy." Of course, you did.
1: <laughs> well, the whole idea is that <laughs> that cassette held your whole aura. In other words, you start off side one with probably what you consider to be the most awesome track in your world at the moment. Then Mm -hmm. you kind of ease into side one, maybe keep a theme going, epic ending to side one. Then maybe side two is a different kind. The point is, is the YouTube playlist curators do the exact same thing. They're trying Mm -hmm. to create and Uh, a value for people to keep coming back to their playlists so if you've got a good visual telling you right now it's always good to have someone on your team to advocate and fight the good fight for you i mean you can't present it to mtv or music choice or revolt or stingray music in canada and You don't know the content providers. I mean, you go into the fitness centers and you see all these bands and their videos and you're scratching your head. It's like, how can I get my video to play at New York Sports Club or LA Fitness? And we're tight with all those people. They need to create an environment for their clients, which are retail stores like Foot Locker and uh, fitness centers. cruise ships nightlife locations bowling alleys airports barber shops rooms to go <laughs> Sam's club
0: oh, all of these people of course but a lot of up and coming artists are going to listen to this episode they are going to like exactly what you're saying do these people need a certain amount in the budget not only, of course, to put to the music, to put to the the, the video, this is, and especially, I'll be honest with everyone, we're, we're filming this November 6th, 2020. UK's just went into a lockdown. I have no idea where, of course, certain states are at uh, over there in the US, but a lot of people are kind of, there's not that much they can do right now in terms of great visual, unless, of course, they've got a really good camera or a really good team with them. Um, where should their money be going? Should it be going to you as the video plugger and how much are they going to need to spend knowing that they're going to have to spend a bit of money on actually creating the product?
1: Well, it was March 6th. So let's see, April, May, June, July, August, September. Seven months, I get the word South by Southwest is canceled. March 6th. So on Monday, March 9th, uh, I announced to my team going to be a responsible member of the human family. We are going to be working remotely from now on. So what happened in March, a lot of people who had visuals, they got them out in March. But then something very strange happened. All the people I present my clients' music videos to, May, June, instead of me calling them, they're calling me. They're saying, hey, Gessner, I got no content. Nobody's got any videos. The only people out there that have got videos are you guys, man. You got to keep them coming because this sharp decrease in visual content is putting me on a sick trip. And of course I went to my team and I said, Hey guys, less competition means more exposure for our clients. So though we are all glued to our screens and there is a sharp decrease in the amount of visual content being presented. I think you'd have to agree. This is a great time to get some awesome return on investment on a great music video.
0: For sure. I actually, um, we've had, we've had several other people on the podcast already and the, the listeners are going to get really bored of me saying this, but I really want to kind of drive it home to them right now. The state of the music industry you were weirdly on a same level playing field as some of the major artists on this planet. Um, name them, I'll tell you exactly where they're at right now. They are most likely at home as well as you are. They've probably only got an iPhone or an Android as well as you have. Yes, they may have more followers, but there is, there's never been a time, I, I can't think in history, where you could literally push through and create something today in your living room and be a completely different person in a week, two weeks. TikTok is massive. YouTube is the biggest thing going at the moment. You've got so much opportunity right now. Having a great visual idea, executing it at home, and passing it to someone like you, Andy, could be a massive game changer. So if anything, I'm hoping this podcast will try and get some people off the sofa creating something amazing for you to push out because you've got to agree with me here this is a great time
1: no because artists that never would have been given the time of day at MTV are getting added to programming and my clients their jaws hit the floor I just called a client this morning I said you're on MTV spanking new guy almost uh, lost it he's just like yeah but we're nobodies and I say hey Not much competition out there. The big boys ain't ain't producing anything. So uh, yes, one thing to consider, ladies and gentlemen, is a lyric video. You got a great song. You try to hire someone to pitch a song to someone, it ain't gonna work. Nobody wants just a song. You gotta have a visual. So another thing I should tell you is that in uh, 2017, I stopped referring videographers because we're tight with lots of great people who shoot music videos. In fact, they hire us via, they tell their clients are like, look, I'm not spending all this time and effort on your music video if you're just going to put it up on YouTube and let it languish there. No good, my guys. You got to hire this company that I'm tight with because that way you'll get the best return on investment. So anyway, I referred a videographer and he kind of called it in, dropped the ball. And you know what happened? My cherished client called me and said, dude, this was a bad referral. So I went to Rob, my senior VP. I'm like, this is it. We're going to start shooting music videos. Of course, he's like, But no, you can go to hipvideoproductions.com, you'll see we've shot about 18 shot. We've created 18 lyric videos over the last eight months. In that, you need something. You gotta stay omnipotent and omnipresent. You gotta be consistent. And our research shows that lyric videos, they hold the viewer's attention. Why is this? it's like when you're eating your cereal in the morning you read the back of the cereal box people want to follow along with the lyrics Mm -hmm. and so yes if you're scratching your head like i have no way i can shoot a music video right now because the uh the law enforcement is going to come down hard so yes call me I, like I say, I talk to everyone, if you're thinking about a lyric video, cause a lyric video can definitely move the needle.
0: Exactly, and I don't think it's just now either. I don't know if anybody else um, goes to, let's say like a leisure center or, or a gym or whatever, but you do see major artists, lyric videos popping up on there. People are watching this, people are consuming this. Um, and I think not only is that a fantastic idea, um, that you say that, of course, you started creating them. But um, man, it's come at a great time. Like you said, the last eight months have been incredible for you. Andy, yeah, I normally do this at the end of the show, but I don't mind if people switch off to just drop you an email right now or a follow or something. If you can go ahead and plug yourself, because I feel like some people listening definitely would want to get in touch. So go ahead and, and plug how they can do this.
1: Sure. Well, hip H-I-P, HIP is an acronym. I had a record label in the 90s, uh, Hedgehog Records. So HIP stands for Hedgehog Independent Promotions. Nice. HIPvideopromo.com. In fact, you could put those three words in a search and we'll come right up. And what you'll find is a website and it will have a client's page. And if you have some time, check out the client page uh, because every single artist or band you see on that client page, we've promoted a video of theirs. Now, there are some artists on there like uh, Justina Valentine, we've promoted 20 of her videos. Or of Montreal, we've promoted 18 of their videos. The idea being is that visuals move the needle the most. So, When you get to the website, you'll see a little caricature of yours truly. You can click on that, just put in your video link, put in your phone number, say, hey Andy, I saw you uh, on the podcast or whatever you wanna say, and yes, you'll be able to contact me and speak with me about your project. As far as socials are concerned, uh, Instagram, you can see the new mascot of hip video promo, Buster the Cat, Uh, You can see all of our top five videos we've promoted. Uh, We just recently uh, released a video, the Hip Video Promo Story, which is the story of our 20 years doing what we've been doing, fighting the good fight on behalf of our clients. And on that YouTube channel, you can see yours truly. Over the last eight months, I've produced about 20 YouTube videos. And they all have different uh, topics. Some are about Spotify. Some are about video. One of them that I did was uh, how to get your music video on BET Jams. And it's remarkable because if you just Google music video on BET Jams, there's the video. So I get it. People Google what they need. And if someone is Googling, okay, music video promotion packages, we want to be there. So I made a video, Hip Video Promotion Packages. Some people will Google how to get my music video seen. So I made a video that said, hey, everyone, it's Andy Gessner at Hip Video Promo. And today I'm going to tell you how you can get your music video seen. Because you know now YouTube not only sees it, they hear it too.
0: That is a very good point. Cool. I, Andy, I absolutely love the energy, the the education, the the history, and everything that's come um, with with your career. But there is there is one question I ask every podcast, um, and it's one that I uh, I I don't like to 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 get the person prepared for. Um, but if you could today. Give any advice to your younger self? What would it be? You can you can choose the age as well, of course. Um, it could be the year two thousand, and you're basically giving advice to, to to young Andy. What what would you tell him?
1: Sure. <clears throat> Steer clear of the fake, phony frauds.
0: As simple as that.
1: <laughs> there are more liars, fakers, fairy tale makers out there that will rip you. Off, You don't want to get ripped off, man. Your resources now more than ever are precious. You got to do your due diligence. And remember, people will talk the talk, but you better be certain to confirm that they walk the walk.
0: A massive thank you to Andy Gesner and for more interviews, AMAs, tips and tricks and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. The username is at thefamousco. That's at thefamousco. Tap that subscribe or follow button. My name is Zaid and we'll see you all next time. You've been listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast powered by The Famous Company. If you're an independent artist or music industry professional, for more information, head to www.thefamouscompany.com.